is Notorious P.O.D. The name's John Bass on this M.I.C. I brought a couple man alongside of me. I got Gary Roy Smith in the place to boot. We got murder stats and guests galore. You know we're talking real hip-hop folklore. And we're gonna cover all the goddamn classics. Notorious P.O.D. We're gonna smash it. Peace! Hello and welcome to Notorious P.O.D. I am your host, John Bass. This week, I am joined by Below the Belt Podcast's best ever host, <laughs> fellow Spurs fan, hip-hop chain enthusiast, to Cow. Cow is up in this bitch. What's up, son? Oh, good. Um, but my rap name is Cow Kaida, not to Cow. Uh, I know. I thought I'd, I thought I'd lean to the, the Method Man shout. Yeah. Because when I was writing your intro, I was like, I always try and make him as like long and convoluted as possible. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, to cow. I was like, how have I never thought of that? Yeah. But but now I know, mate. So yeah. how come it's Cal Qaeda? Yeah. Because uh, when I was dabbling in rapping, when I was like fucking nineteen or something, what you, that was two thousand and two. So 9-11 happened. Al Qaeda was a thing, and so I was Cal Qaeda. Fucking hell. To be fair, mate, I remember when I was at college. It's kind of similar story basically we were trying to think of like a, a hip hop group like a name and uh, we wanted is that like basically the same thing as you like what can we do that would be like so controversial and everyone would be like fuck it out man he's like mental so do you remember the kids that did Columbine yes they had like a little group and they called themselves the Trenchcoat Mafia yes they did Yeah. so my hip hop group was the Trenchcoat Mafia oh god dark as fuck <laughs> which was savage when we were on like a college campus at the time so yeah it's like pretty... so did you wear trench coats no 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 just the f- we thought like the name's enough yeah we didn't right. shoot up schools either because we thought that might be a step too right. far use a little bit CB4 then yeah well exactly you know you've always got to um, you've always got to keep these things in mind when yeah. you think about marketing you know so absolutely it's all good but how are you mate are you well wonderful yeah absolutely wonderful uh, got over my scare from below the belt the other day where the batteries ran out <laughs> on the Tascam and uh, yeah. yeah that was scary but yeah I'm over it now yeah well now I'm like basically checking every two seconds that we're recording and the batteries are good I've got spare batteries with me so we should be fine um, but you never know so so it's all good but um, mate it's been a while we've been obviously trying to um, get you on yeah. to talk about hip hop because it's a shared love of both of ours and um, we'll, we'll get into below the belt in terms of like the boxing and that sort of stuff but, but hip hop's a massive thing for you mate isn't it what, what was the reason that you got into hip hop can you remember um, so my parents they were into they were they were into like rock music and uh, in particular they like this Canadian band called Tragically Hip um, I was not into that kind of music at all yeah. my auntie uh, who I spent a lot of time with she was into like Luther Vandross Billy Ocean uh, Isley's all of that kind of music yeah. so that was more of the music I tended to tended to rebel against my parents and like what my auntie yeah, liked yeah. and so my auntie son my cousin we both got into hip hop around the same time I was very much a West Coast guy. I okay. liked Dr. J, Snoop, Snoop Dogg, all of that lot. And he liked Wu-Tang and Mob Deep. Oh, shit. And so we would kind of meet in the middle and listen to each other's stuff. So we ended up liking it all. Yeah. So, yeah, it was very much my cousin. And uh, we kind of, yeah, egged each other on and really got into it. Yeah, so to be fair, mate, it's a really similar story to mine. It was like how you described they, like your sort of parents and your, your dad and your auntie. It's kind of really similar to uh, to sort of my mum and my dad. My dad was like Led Zeppelin and like Rolling Stones and like all these bands. And then my mum was like, uh, yeah, soul soul groups and soul artists like Donny Hathaway and Stevie and all those like legendary acts. And I think it was just one of those things. It's like when you start hearing hip hop and you start hearing some of those old samples and some of those old records. I think if you grew up with that 
kind of in your life, mm. it resonates with you on a certain level for sure. Mm. Um, well, mate, now you are kind of officially on the show. Yeah. We always ask guests uh, two things. Yeah. Now, one of these questions is really relevant to you because it's about what would your boxing entrance music be? Do you know what? I, when I listened to the Tony D episode, which was brilliant, by the way. Thank you, mate. Um, I listened to that and I was like, oh, God, now I've got to think about this. <laughs> um, yeah. I've never really thought about it before, um, but I did. And I was kind of torn, you know. It was either something really hard and gully yeah. or actually something quite gentle because sometimes in boxing... You want to put your opponent at ease. Mm. Be really nice to him in the build-up, mm. like the David Hay approach. Like, ain't no stopping yeah. us now. That kind of vibe. Yeah. So there was a there was a famous fight, uh, Bernard Hopkins against Oscar De La Hoya, who was for the undisputed middleweight title in the early two thousands. In the build-up to that fight, Bernard Hopkins was super nice to Oscar De La Hoya. Shake his hand, no smack talk, nothing. Yeah. Really, really nice until fight night when he beat the shit out of him and stopped Oscar <laughs> De La Hoya to the body, which is a big deal. Damn. Um, and so part of me felt like oh maybe I should put my opponents at ease so for the gully side I picked Infamous Mob um, Greenback by Infamous Mob which is really really gully yeah Yeah. and then Simple Side Club Tropicana by Wham wow that's a great shout (laughs) yeah yeah because in terms of like yeah destabilising your opponents like mentality yeah like, because I guess they vibe off an aggressive track as well, right? Yeah, it's a good, yeah, club drop. It's, kind of it's so it. mental boxing, it's such a mental yeah. sport as well as the physical. Has anyone ever just come down with nothing? Mike Tyson's come out with nothing, yeah, nothing's really aggressive. I really People wear like, just a, a black tap, just black shorts, black boots, and just go in, no music, and just go in. I really, I really like that. I think yeah. that I would do try and do something similar, or just white noise, yeah, or just like, like, like pigs getting slaughtered. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just that. I like that. Just horrible shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. And they just come out covered in blood and then just yeah. like wash it off when I'm in the ring. Yeah. It's okay. like horrible shit. Yeah. I don't know if the Athletic Commission would allow the blood, <laughs> but you know, I like I like I like where you're going. Yeah, you've got you've got to try these things, haven't you? Yeah. Um so yeah, so with this, it, the whole idea of it is to try and kind of get people's like mindset in terms of what they would pick for boxing music. But the yeah. reason it's relevant to you, and obviously we mentioned at the top of the show, is below the belt. Yes. Now, I would class myself as a uh, fair weather boxing fan. Okay. So the, the big events I like, I kind of, uh, I've done boxing training, yeah, right. not very well, but I enjoy it. And um, I, I think the sport is, for me, probably the ultimate sport because it's uh, physically ridiculous in terms of the level of fitness to even just do it at an amateur level. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's so much more than physicality. It is genuinely chess. And I find that from a from a sporting perspective, if you put all those things in in play, so if you say, for example, football has very much a technical mental side, mm. play football whilst getting hit in the head, mm. that's getting slightly close to what it's like to be a professional boxer. Yeah. So I, I admire it massively. So I just thought um, this would be a good opportunity because there is a lot of crossover between like the hip hop world and boxing. There's a lot of uh, rappers that have close associations with boxing and yeah. vice versa so I thought it was kind of an interesting thing so um, I just thought it'd be nice for you to tell us a little bit about kind of below the belt how you guys started what it's about and so like like most podcasts it started in a whatsapp group yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I as well as doing the podcast write for Boxing Monthly uh, magazine which is oh, I write for their web, the website portion of the magazine yeah. and so 
um, I got into doing that from another another Spurs fan, another hip hop head, uh, Mark Butcher, who got me into it. Um, and then obviously I met Felonius Filth, who's obviously appeared on the podcast, yeah. and you know Alex from Bristol and Flav, the guys from Fighting Cock, and we're all into boxing. So it started in a WhatsApp group. We coined the term below the belt, uh, the coined the name below the belt, um, and then um, it just kind of went from there. Yeah. Um, it started. It started out. We started. We would call it Ball Street and things like that. And then it kind of shrunk to where we're doing it at parts unknown now. But we're, yeah, yeah. we're starting to get Flav back on. We get Mark. It's it's a great it's a great mix. We have a we yeah it's it's really good fun. I really enjoy it. And you said before about being you know a fair weather or what we call in boxing a casual fan. It's a, yeah, yeah. It's a dirty word. <laughs> um, but we kind of aim for people like you as mm. well as people that know it. And we and that's why we will always try to explain things. We'll always try to explain um, why there's so many world titles. What's mm. a purse bid? what's a mandatory challenger all these terms that we will come out with during the thing we will yeah. always try to explain what they are and to be honest I think that's part of the reason why it resonates with me because like I said I think it's one of those things and I try to do the same thing with Notorious P.O.D. which is that obviously I'm massively passionate about hip hop and you can get into all sorts of discussion about flow and cadence <laughs> and odd lyrics and like random mixtapes that no one's ever heard of but I also feel like it's kind of good to explain like in kind of layman's terms like why that's good and what's interesting about it and you know maybe tracks or albums or artists that people should just like give a chance to you know so it's kind of the same thing um, I think that you guys do really well with Below the Belt which is just kind of get people drawn into the idea of look this is an amazing sport with all these like elements to it and um, no you guys do a really good job man so it's, oh, thank it's you really so much um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about it because we've got some other questions that kind of relate to it as well a bit later on um, the other question that we always get asked or we ask our guests is you can only have one album to listen to for the rest of your life. Now, we've had some like pretty rascal answers to, answers to this. Okay. We've had either people saying like compilations. Yep. So like an artist compilation or like just generally like now 27. That's cheating. I think it's cheating. That is well. absolutely cheating. I mean, I've allowed it, which I've, I've essentially put a rod from my own back now. Yeah, don't allow it. But maybe you're now I'm going to start doubling down. Yeah, I think you should Chris Brenoir so yeah. basically wipe those answers from all the podcasts wow, so they yeah. never appear ever again yeah that's not that totally Chris Benoit them yeah my wrestling fans out there will know what I mean yeah just oh, wipe them. yeah see them off the face of the earth yeah um, but what are you going to go for then mate because it's a tough question isn't it because you know maybe, I think my pick is slightly cheating in a way hmm, okay. Biggie Life After Death is a double disc so ah, that's okay. slightly I, perhaps that's cheating that's up to you no I'm happy, I'm happy with that because at least it's one artist music yeah episode. because it's got a bit of everything it's my favourite Biggie album I like it yeah. more than Ready to Die um, it's got the slow jam with R. Kelly I know yeah. R. Kelly I know that's kind of a dirty word now but yeah. um, it's got that it's got Mo Money Mo Problems which is very upbeat yeah. and then the second disc ends really gully yeah. the last three tracks on that album are just amazing and Ten Crack Commandments it's probably the one song I could do but start to finish yeah. any, any amount of drinks in me as you like I will yeah. do it ad-libs the lot because it's just an amazing that, thing yeah I mean it, we talk I feel like every episode I talk about DJ Premier yeah but there aren't many times when like classics are brought up and his name's not mentioned yeah and that instrumental so originally that was meant for Juru Damager oh, okay and apparently the story goes uh, that they were in a studio session uh, D&D yeah. and Diddy walks in and he's like what, what's that yeah. and he's like oh, I'm making this for J.Ru this is what it is blah blah he said like however much he's paid you for it I'll pay double yes I have read that story yeah. I remember I think it might have been the source for Double XL did a feature on Life After yeah. Death and then after Biggie finished he said I did it I'm the greatest yeah. and it was it's, and that always stuck with me because as much as the beat's great 
I'm all about the rhymes on that yeah. and it's the rules and we even quoted the, one of the rules on one of the boat, um, episodes of Below the Belt once mm. you know rule number seven keep your family and business completely really separated because money and blood don't mix like two dicks and no bitch find yourself a serious shit mate that that record is like um, you, you could basically make a whole mini series mm. of one episode for each rule yeah like it could. genuine and any if you watch The Wire for example yeah it's like a perfect uh, kind of yeah, street code for, for how that business runs on the street. Mm. Um, yeah, man, that record's fucking amazing. Kicking the door as well. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's got everything, that album. Yeah, it's got yeah. slow stuff, it's got party stuff, and it's just got some gully shit on yeah, it Yeah, man, well. do you know what? That's, the thing is, it's one of them. Sometimes I think with this question, you can you can overthink it. Yeah. Sometimes it's just, yeah, just an album with variety. That's yeah. really what you're looking for, man. It's a good, good answer. I like that a lot. Um, what we've got and we're going to put these um, pictures out on the feed uh, you brought in some little uh, yeah. items for me yeah. to have a look at which I'm really impressed with so as I mentioned at the beginning Cal is what I'm referring to and I've just sort of created this new okay. title for you Hip Hop Chain Enthusiast because yeah. we had a discussion like when we were first talking about hip hop um, and you were going to me oh I've just, just nearly bought a Rockefeller chain and I just started cracking up like <laughs> who, who's buying Rockefeller chains and you're like yeah no seriously I've got loads and I was like what, what do you mean and then we started having a conversation about it so just tell us a little bit about your like hip hop chain collection man. I'm eccentric man <laughs> my mum's ex- my mum's got like an old fashioned phone where you push the button and it oh, spins shit. and it comes back Amazing. my mum's eccentric I'm eccentric I was just talking about wrestling a minute ago I've got two replica wrestling belts like <laughs> full size I love shit like that things yeah. that are eccentric things that are just that people will laugh at but really they fucking want one yeah um, and it's the same with, with the Rockefeller chain the Terror Squad chain all these chains that we've got in front of us now People will laugh at me, but they fucking want one. Mate, the first time we had the conversation, you and yeah, like, like I just said then, I, I laughed and I was thinking, fuck, I really want a rocket yeah. chain. I've yeah. always wanted one. Yeah. They're fucking cool. I bought it in, uh, I bought it in central London and I was with my friend and then, uh, and then we went for lunch. And I sat there at lunch wearing my Rockefeller chain for the, for the whole of lunch Mate, because just, why not? They're just, it's a fucking Rockefeller chain. They're just so good. So like, we've got Terror Squad, we've got G-Unit, What's this Rough Riders got in my hand? Cash Money. Cash Money, Rockefeller. Oh, mate, it's so good. We, so That's really what we're looking at is, is Death Row we need. And Bad Boy. Bad Boy, yeah. Yeah. The Death Row, I think, in gold would be really nice. Yes, I agree. Like, yeah. t- black, black T-shirt. Yeah, Boom. just that. Oh, mate. Yeah. That is, Wear it to meet the in-laws. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like Sunday like lunch. Yeah. Like, oh, can you pass me the spuds? Oh, sorry, just let me get my death row chain out of the way. Yeah. As I pass the gravy yeah. over, I don't want to get that yeah. stuck in or there. Or just wear red top to bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a black shirt, mm. black t-shirt, red suit. Yeah. Red bowler hat. Just like Shook. Exactly. Just like Shook. Big dog Shook. Got a bowler hat as well, just like Nate Dog. Oh, had to do it. That's got to do it. Got to be done, isn't it? Best man. Had to do it. Eccentric. My, my favourite thing is just trying to... Um, yeah, it's just trying to kind of live up to my like hip hop lifestyle because I'm, I'm a big believer in like hip hop is not just a genre of music like it is a culture. Absolutely. Um, and so yeah, I've taken a lot of flack over the years for my clothes, my clothing because I often wear what I consider to be like kind of street clothes. Have you read the Wu Tang Manual? Uh, no, I'm not, really? I'm not a big reader, mate. If I'm being uh, okay, oh. I'm really into reading. Like the last eighteen okay. months, I've been smashing through books. Finished one today. Um, the Wu Tang Manual is basically. It's more than this, but it's the rules yeah. on being Wu Tang and being hip hop. And he says t-shirts must be at least five XL. Yeah, jeans must be at least waist thirty eight. You have to dress like this, otherwise you're not real Wu Tang. Yeah, and so live the lifestyle, man. Yeah, yeah. I think you've got to do it. Yeah, I, I've just kind of embraced it. I just kind of think to myself, like, 
just be true to what makes you feel comfortable. Mm. And if, if you if you love hip hop and you don't want to dress like that, then that's fine. But I really enjoy the like aspects of the culture of just like wearing caps and yeah, fucking man. like trainers and you do a day's work shirt. where were you like yeah exactly that's my view so yeah when I go to bed like I throw up a gang sign to my missus yeah. do a drive by and then just like yeah straight to bed lovely um, another little quick feature that we always get into mate is the street report this is basically where we yeah. uh, kind of do an update of what's going on in hip hop now with some of the kind of golden oldies and, and some of the legends found out this week that Tupac would have been 48 this week What's your, um, what's your views of Tupac, man? Because we obviously we're talking then about your past and you're saying you kind of started out in hip-hop as a kind of West Coast mm. and there was a little dabble into the East. Mm. Tupac, very similarly so, obviously, like kind yeah. of grew up in New York and then moved out to West and he kind of is uh, kind of, I guess, representing the West. He's more associated with West Coast, but yeah. he was born in Queens, wasn't he? Yeah, that's it. Born in Queens, raised in Queens, but then went to school over in the West Coast. Yeah, so he moved around. Drama from, school. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, um, so, so he's, a, he's kind of an interesting character in hip-hop, because there's obviously like an, an East-West divide even now. People have their sides, don't they? Which is yeah. kind of mad, really. Yeah. Um, but well, yeah, what's your kind of overarching feeling about Tupac? Um... He was probably one of the first rappers that actually really got me into it. Really yeah. got me into it. Um... You know, if you ask me Biggie or Tupac, I'm Biggie all day long. I think he's a much nicer MC. He's yeah. skill level, different variety of flow, different. he can do different kinds of songs. Tupac can too. He was much more conscious than Biggie and a lot of rappers. Yeah. His songs still resonate today. Um, things like Brenda's Got a Baby. Yeah, um, this, he, he's, he's um, and I was going to talk about this later on, he's a much better songwriter than he is a rapper. Yeah. There's people that are good rappers. You can talk about Cannabis and Cassidy and people like that. They're yeah. good, nice MCs. But then there's people that are really good songwriters. 50 Cent's one of them and Tupac's one of them. Tupac is not the MC that guys like Biggie were, Big Pun, all of those guys. Yeah. He was a fantastic songwriter and absolutely one of the greats. Man, that's, a, that's a really good point, actually. And I, I tend to agree with that because for this uh, pod, we've done uh, Me Against the World. And I was never a big West Coast fan or a big Tupac fan, but I was like, right, I'm going to really commit to this album and listen to it. And I really fell in love with it. Really, it's his best album. Really love it, man. I think it's fucking brilliant. And one of the things that I would totally agree with you on there is like, in terms of Mike's skills and like technical ability, is he one of the best? Well, his overall career, of course he is. But yeah, I think his actual ability to write a song and create a theme and create a sound from a record is 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 what makes him so fantastic and so prolific. Yeah. So that's actually yeah, a really good point, man. I, d- I definitely agree that about um, about fifty. We'll get into that in the album in terms of crafting just great songs, like great great songs. Yeah. Um, there's also Kendrick Lamar, thirty two this week. What's oh, mental wow. about that is when you hear like these new rappers and you're like, he's thirty two. It's like is he actually younger than me? That's mad. Yes. Because yes. when you're a kid, like all rappers are older than you. Yeah. Right? Now it's like we're getting to the point where they're like all younger than me. And yeah. That's quite sad. It's sad, isn't it? Really. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's got a couple more, even footballers now. Yeah, mate. Oh, you know, because you know, I'm 35, I'm getting a one-year deal if I'm lucky. <laughs> yeah. You know, if I'm lucky. Doing a job in holding the field. That's it, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's the same with like, rappers now, he's only 32, and he has crafted, you know, some brilliant music. Yeah. I think Kendrick's the most important rapper of this generation. Yeah. I think he has such an important role to play in, in the future generations of the, of the art and of the craft. Um, everything he's done has been consistent. There's not, if you listen to like um, to Pimp a Butterfly and Damn, there may not be tons and tons of bangers on there, but they're, they're like movies. Mm. The, it, it's a mo- you, have to, you have to listen to an old whole album. You're not, you don't want a Kendrick Spotify playlist, you want the album yeah. because every track is as important as the last. 
but I think he's so important for the culture. He really is. Yeah, I think that that's also a really good point in the sense of like Kendrick for me. He's he's very different to everyone else, and that's because I think he takes a lot of time and care in terms of crafting a sound, and that would also sort of tie into what you're saying about rather than a playlist of stuff he creates an album that album is designed to stand alone and I think that that's what makes his work really kind of high quality in terms of what he does um, yeah for sure yeah I mean out of the modern era I mean like him and Cole for me are miles ahead of everyone else right now mm. um, there's some others we could probably go through but I think those two for very different reasons um, are just head and shoulders above everyone in a minute um, okay so look what, uh, what we're going to do I, I want to sort of get into the album now get rich or die try okay um, what I'd like to do first is uh, get the stats okay because I think the best thing to do is to give you like the, the overview and the numbers and then I want to find out from you why you picked this album and then we'll get into the detail so what we're going to do now is go over to we're going to go over to the states raw DJ Ricky Rick uh, has joined the team joined the squad transfer yeah little little summer transfer holding the scarf up yeah exactly so we've got him in the mix so he'll be bringing you the murder stats going forward um, so you're now going to hear DJ Ricky Rick giving you the murder stats for 50 cents get rich or die trying hey this is DJ Ricky Rick provider of murder stats for the notorious POD you can find me on twitter hip underscore hop underscore 1989 I'm also DJ Ricky Rick on instagram and you can find me there. Anyway, let's jump into the murder stats for 50's Get Richard I Tryin'. Get Richard I Tryin' is the debut studio album by American rapper 50 Cent. It was released on February 6th, 2003 by Shady Records, Aftermath Entertainment, and Interscope Records. Prior to the album, 50 released several mixtapes alongside Trackmasters on an unreleased album widely believed to be his debut back in 2000. However, after suffering legal troubles and being blackballed from the music industry, 50 Cent found difficulty in securing another major label recording contract until he signed with Eminem and Shady Records back in 2002. After signing with Eminem, he also worked heavily with Dr. Dre, with the duo acting as the album's executive producers who worked to combine the gangster rap and R&B combo prevalent in New York hip-hop. Additional production was provided by Mike Elizondo, Shaw Money XL, Mr. Porter, Rock Wilder, Dirty Swift, and Megahertz. The album also contains guest appearances from Eminem, Young Buck, and Nate Dogg, as well as features from G-Unit co-members Lloyd Banks and Tony Yale. Release a week in advance to combat bootlegging internet leakage, Get Richard I Tryin' debuted at number one of the Billboard 200, selling over 870,000 copies in its first week. The album's singles also saw commercial success, with both Into Club and 21 Questions reaching number one on the Billboard Hot 100, while PIMP became a number one hit in several countries. The album would eventually sell over 8 million copies in the United States and has become certified 8 times platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America. It also saw critical success becoming nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Rap Album at the 46th Annual Grammy Awards. It was ranked by Rolling Stone as one of the best albums of the 2000s. And I'm DJ Ricky Rick, and those are your murder stats for 50 Cent's Get Rich or Die Trying. Thank you very much, DJ Ricky Rick. Appreciate it, mate. Um, okay, so look, we've just we've just obviously gone through the stats there. Um, we'll talk about that shortly. Yeah. But I want to know from you, Cal, why why this album? Because we, I basically when we talk to people about coming on the show, mm. we always say, "Tell us what album you want to do, yeah. and when you're free." That's like the criteria. That was pretty much what we did. 
Basically, yeah. yeah. In the pub whilst yeah. drinking booze. Yeah. And uh, you just went to me, 50 Cent, get rich, should I try him? Yeah. And I wasn't expecting that, if I'm being honest, because we, we've yeah. spoken a lot about like MOP and Mob Deep and all these other people. And I was thinking to myself, okay, it'd be one of those. And it was like, get rich or die trying. Now, for me, that was one of those albums that I fucking rinsed that album. I yeah. absolutely loved that album. Yeah. And that era of hip hop to me was really great. Um, but I wasn't expecting you to say it. So what, why is that the album that you wanted to do first? Mate? Um, I, think it, I think it's important when, when, we come on, when, when we come on your podcast that we talk about an album that we was around for. Yeah. Uh, and that we remember what the culture was like at the time, what the impact was when it came out. Yeah. Um, if I was to talk about life after death, like we were talking about before, I was 14. Yeah. So I wasn't, there was no internet then. Yeah. There was none of that. I was 19 when this came out. It was 2003, um, if my maths is right. Uh, yeah, 2019, I was 19 or 20 when that came out. So the internet was a thing. It yeah. was kind of at its apex. And I remember reading on Rap Godfathers. It was a website which has recently just died. Oh, um, yeah, it really is a shame. And because um, it was a great website, and uh, they had like a forum section. And I remember reading on the Rap, God, Rap Godfathers community section about 50 Cent signing with Eminem and Dr. Dre. And I was a massive Eminem fan, yeah. massive Dr. Dre. I was a West Coast guy, so I was a massive Dr. Dre fan. And at that time, everything they did turned to gold or yeah. platinum in, in this case. You know, Eminem's album was massive. Marshall Mathers LP, he'd just done that. Um, Dr. Dre 2001 was massive. Yeah. They touched on... The D, D12 did 2 million, went double platinum. Which is, which is amazing, really, considering yeah. like uh, albums of, of that nature where it's essentially like a glorified posse cut. Yeah. yeah. Doing plat platinum numbers is fucking mad. Yeah. Exhibit did numbers. Yeah. He went platinum. Like, everything they were doing at that time was just turning to gold. And so when I saw the 50 Cent had signed with Eminem and Dr. Dre on a joint deal, and everyone was hype on there. I didn't know much much about him, you know, being well, being from where I'm from. And so, it, but everybody on there, all the American guys, were like, oh my god, this is so big. Yeah. Uh, so from that point, I was like, oh my god, I'm so excited. I'm yeah. so excited for this album. And then the album came out, and yeah, all my expectations were met. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember the first time I ever heard it. Uh, basically, where I'm from, there's like. A mixture between like really gritty and grimy inner city schools, yeah, and there's also like private schools. Right. So I grew up sort of like Bedfordshire. So you've got Bedford Modern, which is where uh, Alistair Cook, England cricket right. went to school, yeah, and 20 minutes in the other directions of school I went to, right. which is another 20 minutes from Luton. <laughs> so you've got a real mixture of people and all that sort of stuff, and. We used to occasionally go to parties with the posh kids. Like, okay. So we knew like one or two of the lads and they'd be like, oh, come to these parties, like, like come and crack Bit on pins. Yeah, exactly. So we were like, this will be good. So we went to this party once and I was expecting it to be like, I was thinking these posh kids ain't going to have no tunes. This is going to be so shit. Yeah. Like, this is going to be unbearably cringe, but we'll go there for the girls and we'll see what happens. And then we get there, like meet up with a couple of people and then all of a sudden I just hear this, go, go, go. And I'm like, what is that? And then... It was like in the club. 50. Right. It was the first time I'd ever heard it. Really? Okay. And everyone was just going mad. Mm. And I was like, this is a fucking banger. You know, you just instantly you just resonate with something and everyone was just really into it. Mm. And uh, I remember thinking to myself then, like, fucking hell, this is like this is gonna be massive this tune. And then yeah, obviously the kind of album just went from strength to strength and became a massive thing. And I kind of was really late on fifty, so I then kind of went back and was like kind of looking through his career in terms of how he got started and he was kind of the archetypal like struggling artists like trying to break yeah. through into a hip hop scene that was kind of there was a lot of money washing around then and they were looking for those type of artists and he was quite gritty and grimy yeah. still yeah he was an interesting figure isn't he in terms of like he's kind of 
on that crossover period between yes. where hip hop was grimy and started getting more flashy and more yeah. poppy, yeah. and he kind of sat between two worlds. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, he did. You know, it was kind of the end of the the bling bling era, mm. where Puffy and all of them they'd had their kind of run and yeah. shiny suits and all of that. The South were just starting to come in. Yeah, um, Ludacris was having his run. Uh, obviously, Ja Rule had just had his run yeah. as well, uh, and so yeah, he came in at a really interesting time. Um, but what what he kind of came in, and I I you've uh, I kind of call it the beef era. He almost mm. started the beef era. Yeah. And on your Tony D episode, Tony D mentions the beef DVDs. Yeah. Which you, you've never seen. No, I've never seen them. I've got them all at home. I need to bring them for you <laughs> next Actually, to all your like double XL and chain collection. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. And it was it was he started and uh, Ricky what's his name DJ Ricky he yeah. mentions the, uh, the the Power of the Dollar album yeah. and he did a track Ghetto Quran which was where he was naming people mm. he was naming real street guys you know Preem Pap all these guys that were real real street yeah. guys and it was almost like he was breaking the fourth wall yeah, and yeah. it was like opening your eyes to what's happened behind the scenes yeah. real street shit and he, he caught a lot of flack for that yeah. yeah he caught a lot of flack for that but it was a really interesting time yeah definitely and like we were talking off air about um, How to Rob where he basically just, just name dropping people in the industry yeah. and just fucking mugging them off like yeah. properly mugging them off I think you're right I think it's it was an interesting time in the sense of hip hop I wouldn't say it become soft but it had gone. It was going through a stage of yeah, being about money and flashy, and he kind of was like trying to drag people back to the street. Yeah. And that all I remember hearing about him was he's been shot nine times. Yeah. He's shot. Like, there's this rapper who's been shot nine times, and he's like, he's now he's and it, and his music felt dangerous again. And that was one of the things I fell in love with hip hop in the first place. Like listening to Wu Tang, is like I remember it frightened me a little bit. I was genuinely like, what is this? Like this is quite scary. Mm. And I think that he tapped into something that was missing in hip hop yeah. at that time, which was threat. Yes, and that, danger. And danger. Because Ja Rule was making, you know, always on time. Yeah. And, all, and they're all right. They're bangers. They're, yeah, sure. you know, they're all right. And Nelly was doing his kind of stuff. They, those were the guys yeah. that were having the run at that time. Yeah. It was very pop. It was selling massively. It was cool for the club, but we wanted a little bit of danger. Yeah, we wanted a little bit of danger, and he delivered that, mate. Totally, and I think I think that's one of the, the most interesting things about Fifty is is that he he became a massive superstar, and unlike some of the artists that kind of were around at the same time, he did it by being the bad guy, kind of. Mm. A lot of artists were out there, like you said, like making sort of crossover records and pop records and like records for the club he made records for the club that had that threat and that danger which was a bit of a throwback mm-hmm. um, but just, just going through some of these stats I mean talking there about his sort of commercial success the album went eight times platinum man, which it's is ridiculous for an east coast artist particularly mm. that is mad numbers isn't yeah. it and it is and it's not a particularly poppy album no in the clubs obviously and then PIMP and then 21 questions they're your free singles yeah but the rest of the album is actually quite Quite street, yeah. And for it to do that well shows the draw of Eminem and Dr. Dre, and I think it goes back to what we were just saying about everything that they were yeah. doing at that time it just turned to gold and platinum. Yeah, because I mean that that's the thing is, like I said, it was the shot nine times thing. Yeah, and then it was like he's been endorsed by Dre and Eminem, and Dre's producing the album. Yeah, and you suddenly like, well, fuck me, this is going to be this is going to be a moment in hip hop. That's that's how I felt about it when. I heard that single like in the club and it was like a banger. I was thinking, okay, this is great. And then you see him in the video and he's a fucking tank. Like he's massive. He's wearing a bulletproof vest. And he just looks like, he looks like a throwback to the older rappers that have that threat and that danger. 
then in the video you've got Eminem and like Dre there and you're thinking fucking hell like this is going to be amazing like this is yeah. this is ushering in a new era of artists potentially and a new kind of way that hip hop's going to go uh, in the future and I, I just thought like that whole thing was just really uh, fascinating to me um, what are your favourite tracks off this album mate? Because there are a lot of good, good records. There is a lot of good tracks. Um, it's probably all the Dr. Dre ones. Yeah. So Heat, uh, Back Down, uh, If I Can't Do It, uh, let me just see the track list there. Um, yeah, I'd say those three. Yeah, um, back, back Down to Me was always my like, like absolute favourite. Just because it, it is just fucking... It's gully as It's gully. It just sounds to me like New York in the winter. Yeah. Like, you're rolling up to maybe like just rob some drug dealers. Yeah. you got the toolie like tucked up and you're just pulling up outside the steps and you're thinking like, we've got a few minutes till they come yeah. out and we're going to rob them. Yeah. It's just like, listen to this and you're, you're good. It's so, so gully. Yeah. Love that record. Um, and then I, I just think from like a from an album start perspective the classicness of this sound play right? the intro first yeah is just like that uh, it's just the way yeah. it's the coin drop in and then so when the first time you hear the album and then you're like someone pops it in because it was CD back then yes someone pops it in you hear the little coin you're like that's cool 50 cent like oh coin that's wicked and it just goes bam 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 and you're just like fucking hell it's such a great way to kick it off and then yeah then it goes into like patiently waiting with Eminem who just fucking again just does such a good job I think kind of I saw I saw online it described as prime Eminem and yeah. I think that's probably true yeah his verse on this is ridiculous because this is produced by him as well isn't it the instruments yes because it's like that is classic shady production I mean 50's great on that as well yeah like, he is yeah considering this is like essentially his first release mm. I know it isn't but essentially it's his first release and you're going up against at the time arguably the ba- biggest rapper in the world at that point mm. particularly uh, and he holds his own man he does absolutely a, does a really good job own. you know it's at a time where um, you know Eminem's been on, been on uh, Renegade with Jay-Z yeah uh, and that's you, know, you and Tony D were talking about yeah. it they're going neck and neck those two yeah. Eminem stood out but I agree with you guys I think Jay-Z gets him yeah because he's talking about real shit yeah um, but you know, he absolutely holds his own. I think the nine, you know, Pollard's kicking in with passages from nine eleven. Yeah. Great line, absolutely great line. And uh, yeah, he talks, he talks so gushingly about Eminem. You're my favorite white boy. I was yeah, like, yeah. yay! <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, yes, yay, we're, we're cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. The thing is, as well, is like looking at this track list. Yeah, the, the opening of this album is fucking incredible. So it starts obviously with the intro, and it's like, what a gangster, patiently waiting, many men. That like those tracks are incredible. Then it goes into "In the Club," which mm. was the essentially the lead single from the album. Mm. "High All the Time" is great as well. Like it's just it's just so good. Like it's mm. so so good. Like it just like carries on bangers. If I can't, it's just like again, like these were just getting rinsed in the in clubs. Yeah. yeah. And Anthony Joshua came out to it if I can't because it's just such a big tune. It's just a fucking Again, John Dre production, just absolute banger. Yeah. Um, he is, he's one of my favourites. It's yeah, just it's so gully. It's just gully, gully beat, gully rhymes. It's just, yeah, it, it's a banger. Yeah, mate, for sure. Um, Series trying to get involved there. Um, yeah, the thing, the thing is with this album is, like I said, is the singles... Mm. 
it was almost like there was more singles than there actually was in reality yeah. because so many of those records became like tracks in their own right that, yeah. that you'd hear out like often and that's quite rare because normally you do get sort of one or two but for me it was like definitely like thinking about it so I remember hearing out on club nights like in the club definitely yeah. I all the time yeah, yeah. Uh, if I can't yeah uh, PIMP used to hear that particularly the remix all the time yeah uh, 21 Questions used to hear that yeah um, Wangster like yeah. th- those tracks were like not all of them were singles no, and yet no. they were Wangster wasn't even on the album yeah. it's a bonus track yeah. and it was a big tune yeah big budget video the lot that was a fantastic introduction for him and G-Unit you know brilliant. yeah it, to me that whole that kind of whole period of, of 50 just being everywhere mm. um, was an amazing thing and like I said at the time hip hop was in a funny place where it was very like kind of poppy and commercial mm. and then 50 became kind of like the big the big star I actually saw him uh, in Milton Keynes oh excellent and it was one of those really weird gigs when it was like uh, right we're going to go and see 50 yeah. it's like okay yeah cool and it was I think it was on the same bill as so like Eminem was the headline and then Rah. 50 was supporting Rah. Big. But it was like Cypress Hill. Oh my god! Uh, D12, 50, and Eminem. It's like Up in Smoke, but do you remember the Up in Smoke? Yeah, exactly. But this was like Eminem being the lead instead of yeah. Drake. Mate, it was um, it was fucking brilliant. And Westwood did like a DJ set. Oh my god! But like Cypress Hills, um, basically their like setup was fucked, so oh. they could only use like certain instruments. So they just did like an off the cuff like set. It was fucking amazing. And then yeah, 50 at that time was this was like just after the album had been released right. it was like kind of peak of his early fame yeah and um, yeah it just felt like such a massive thing at the time man that's, the, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's a bucket list concert right there that you guys went to totally but at the time it was just like oh, I've got to go and see Eminem because it's Eminem in England and just a massive thing and it's like actually that fucking lineup was amazing yeah, and to be honest man. I've kind of forgotten about it until I just started thinking about this album um, so more of uh, like a general thing because when this album came out like I said and we've, we've kind of touched on it already, that he became the kind of poster boy for this new, ushered in this new era of hip-hop, kind mm-hmm. of. Um, was he the last, like, superstar of that older era, or was he the start of a new era? I would say he was the start of a new era. I, I wouldn't put him in, in the golden era. I think the last superstar, that was probably Jay-Z. Yeah. Uh, I think 50 Cent was very much the start of the reality era, of yeah. the beef era, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. He was almost yeah, the poster boy for a start of a new era where, you know, it's not all, It's more about where we're going to just take over the world, basically. Yeah. And one thing that I really admire about 50 Cent is how he put his people on. Yeah, I thought that was. If you look at Nas and Bravehearts, they did nothing. No, Jay Z, Memphis Bleak, nothing. Memphis Bleak's a hype man. Yeah, you know Beanie Siegel. I love Beanie Siegel. Yeah, but he never. He didn't do anything. Yeah, you look at G Unit and look at how he put them on. They were with him everywhere. Yeah, you know he goes. He went to their their small little gigs to support them. You know he was he was. I think he set a trend for that for putting people on. Yeah, he was better at it than anybody. Yeah, and also like I remember like the whole thing with Game, and I feel like <sighs> Fifty was a big reason that Game came massive in his own right and mm. was the kind of endorsement and the early collaborations. And it's a shame, and we'll get into this. So like kind of a shame the way things went with their relationship. But um, I definitely feel that that was a kind of crucial thing that Fifty was involved in. Yeah. yeah. Can I right now go on? 
put Bagsy on game documentary for my comeback for when I come back mate done <laughs> do you know what because that, that album like these two albums get rid of I try and then uh, game those two albums were like talking about Dre just fucking smashing it yeah. it was like holy fuck like he's yeah. just he's not doing his own stuff and this was the time when Detox was like always coming out yes, yes. Detox gonna be out soon yes. Detox gonna be out soon 50s new album's coming out and then he's gonna release Detox it's like yeah. okay documentary's coming out then it's gonna be Detox yeah. and I think he couple of theories either he was just like actually I'm making fucking bangers for these yeah. and I'm actually just waiting to do Detox later and ended up these two albums kind of becoming an amalgamation of what that was going to be Yeah, because the fucking instrumentals that he was putting out in those two albums were incredible yeah and he, he ended up making you know if he'd have made Detox he might have got one classic album yeah. he ended up getting two absolutely absolutely mate so yeah I'd, mate, I'd love you to come back and talk about it because I fucking love that album I love game and I want to get into um, we'll talk a bit about, about 15 game yeah. and their relationship because it's really interesting to me um, before we do that we were talking about um, how big 50 was and, and like kind of was he the last superstar or the new superstar yeah. in the new era when I said to DJ Ricky Rick about doing uh, the murder stats he was like oh mate could I just do like a little section to kind of give you an idea of what it was like in the states yeah. when 50 came out and I was like yes I would yeah. love to know what that's like so we're going to go back over to Ricky Rick he's going to give us a little bit of a view on what it was like stateside uh, to hear Get Rich or Die Trying so we'll go over to Ricky Rick and we'll be back Hey there guys this is DJ Ricky Rick and I really appreciate you asking me to come on the podcast and give a stateside view of the impact that uh, 50's album had at the time it was released um, as I had said in the murder stats uh, it sold 872,000 copies that's first week and it was just it was just huge we hadn't seen a um, debut album in, like with that kind of reception here in the U.S. in quite some time and um, if you listen to the radio and I'm I'm from the Midwest and um, we had a station that uh, played predominantly hip-hop and R&B at the time and 50 was on the radio all the time um, even before the album was released you know there were singles that were you know out there promotionally um, for the album so um, we were always hearing What Up Gangsta and uh, Mini Men and In the Club and um, 21 Questions. Um, Wangsta was on there a lot. Um, but 50 really, um, from his early mixtapes, like even back in 99 before anybody know, knew who he was, uh, coming out with How to Rob and taking shots at pretty much everybody in the recording industry and then, you know, um, leading up to the album, you know, he was embroiled in that beef with Murder, Inc. And um, basically destroyed, you know, all the Murder, Inc. artists' careers on the basis of that. Um, he had come out with several disc records in uh, 2003, uh, directed at Murder, Inc. artists, specifically Ja Rule. Um, and these were pretty big-name stars at the time, but he pretty much, you know... Um, beat him down to the point that they were pretty much gone after that and um but the album um with the production that i had listed in the murder stats you know it was handled primarily by dr gray and eminem and um you know here stateside it had quite an impact i i remember um a friend loaning me a cd um back in 03 and it was um it was protected. It was one of the protected CDs that you couldn't actually burn onto a disc, onto a recordable disc. So they were really, Interscope was really doing their, doing well at um, keeping that album from being bootlegged but um, and copied. So anyway, that's my take on it. So anyway, 
Later, guys. DJ Ricky Rick. Thank you very much, DJ Ricky Rick. Thanks, Ricky Rick. Thanks, champ. Okay, so back into the album. Um, I want to talk producers, production. Yes. Uh, obviously, Dre just... I mean, we were speaking a little bit off-air about Dre's kind of run around this era. Mm. And the thing is, as well, like you forget he was he was making sort of like singles, like bangers for people as well, like the Mary J record. Yes. Um, and, you know, just other little bits and pieces. But he kind of was on a run... Uh, with like Get Richard I Tryin' and then documentary um, and so yeah I mean what, what are you saying about the kind of production overall on this album because you've got Eminem and Dre kind of majority it's not, involved it's not your classic New York album yeah. production there's no DJ Premier yeah. there's no Large Professor you know there's none of these classic classic East Coast New York kind of boom bap kind of yeah producers. boom bap kind of producers it's it's people like Dr. Dre it's Eminem uh, is Red Spider does Red Spider do bits yeah, remind me so. um, it's all the a lot of guys that you wouldn't have heard of that didn't end up becoming big big names yeah um, yeah very very different for, for a, a New York album I thought yeah so I mean there's um, some other Mr. names Mr. Poor Arshar Money yeah yeah Mr. Poor obviously he was with D12 you know um, I think he did uh, 21 Questions uh, Mike uh, Mike Alonso he does he did a lot of Dr. Dre he was yeah. with Dr. Dre a lot uh, so yeah big very different though I would say it's no no jazz samples yeah do you know what I mean there's, there's none of that it's different it was yeah. very different it's really interesting actually because I, I hear I've heard this um, kind of phrase used before which is that two part was a uh, like had an East Coast flow over West Coast beats, and okay. Biggie had a West Coast flow over East Coast beats. Okay, and I thought about that for a minute, and I was like, "Yeah, that's I that's pretty that. accurate." And what I think this album is is kind of similar to that, which is that you got a New York rapper yeah. over West Coasty ish beats. Yeah, With and a Southern flow. Yeah, and I think it's kind of a nice amalgamation of what was going on at that time. He he saw that the South were coming. Yeah, he knew he could see the South were coming. And that's why it was always about, I'm from the dirty, dirty, I'm from Southside Jamaica, yeah. you heard me. It's it's that southern, he could see they were coming. Yeah. And so he started to borrow from the south a little bit, started to slur his words a little bit, yeah. started to... It's 50 main. Yeah, yeah it's all, all, he could see the impact that guys like Nelly were having, Jeezy, those guys were coming out and they were doing bits. Man, it's a good, really good point. He picked up on that, you know, he picked up on that. He gets the best, the best producer in the game at that time, Dr. Dre. He's got the best rapper at the time, you know, Eminem at the time, you know, behind him. And then he sees the South come in, and then he's just an amalgamation of the whole culture at that time. Yeah, Man, that's such a good point about the South stuff because I never, I never really considered that. But I guess this album's like kind of the holy trinity. You've got East Coast storytelling and uh, like kind of an East Coast perspective. You've got West Coast production and sound. And then you've got influences from what was going on in the dirty south at that time. That's, man, that's such a good point. I, I never really considered that. And I think that's kind of maybe one of the reasons why it was so commercially successful because it had mass appeal across the country. Yeah. And a lot of the East Coast records is like, it's very New York centric and very New York focused. Mm. So it's like East Coast biases kick in. The same with the West stuff. It's very much like gang related. So it's like, you're not getting nationwide appeal. And I think with 50 kind of, there wasn't so much uh, kind of partisanship in terms of like, yeah, of course he's talking about New York, but there's no sort of bitterness towards the West Coast in, no. in the album in terms of what he's talking about, which is really interesting. Um, okay, so in terms of like Eminem and Dre's influence, I think we, we kind of covered that yeah. quite a bit in terms of, of their side of things and, and Eminem's performance, Dre's 
kind of importance on this record. Um, there's also a fair amount, and you, you touched on this in terms of uh, G-Unit. Yes. So we get some introductions to some of the artists on this album. And for me, it's like G-Unit, I kind of feel like, again, they did a really smart job with how they marketed this wider appeal in terms of really tapping into this idea of danger. Yes. Because the whole thing of you know G Unit was again this like element of like the gun thing and yeah. like buying into this danger element. Um, what, what kind of your memories of G Unit? Because it was quite quick, wasn't it? It was like yeah. here's Fifty Cent, here's all this fucking danger, here's all these singles, and it's like oh by the way, here's another fucking crew yeah. that's sitting behind Fifty, um, and they're also fucking great, and here's a load of stuff. Like, what, what did you think about G Unit? I love G Unit. Well, I've just walked in with a G Unit spinner chat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know the answer, but and then and then <laughs> a, and a shitload of magazines. Yeah. I was a huge G Unit fan. Um, Lloyd Banks is one of my top five favorite rappers ever. Damn, son! I love Lloyd Banks. Flow on that guy, Punchline King. He's called the Punchline King for a reason. I love, I love his raps. Cold Corner Two, the mixtape he did is one of one of my favorite mixtapes ever. Again, Tony Yayo added to the danger yeah. because he was in prison at the time. Yeah. When the album comes out and they're about to blow, he's in prison. Yeah. And then I remember they brought out uh, they brought out the DVD. There was a DVD that they brought out not long after after the Get Rich or Die Trying, and they showed this clip of him getting out of prison, getting in a brand new motor, chain round his neck. He drives to the studio and does the in, does the opening track, uh, opening track for Lloyd Banks' album, and he. Smashes the verse. He smashes the verse, and um, yeah, uno dos tres cuatro. My clicky, like like twelve holy apostles, and it's just like what? Wow! Like what? I, I missed a bit there, but there's a bit. There's a bit in there, and, this, and Tony Yayo, you know, he's not gonna. He's not there to to teach you about hip hop. No. He's not gonna teach you to look after your kids. But <laughs> you know. He's gonna say some gully shit, yeah. you know, and you know I love Tony O, Lloyd Banks, yeah, all of those guys. Even Young Buck again, yeah. Fifty Cent, seeing the South, seeing the South come in, and yeah. thought I need to get me a Southern guy. And at the time, he was with UTP, he was with Juvenile, mm. so he wasn't with G Unit. He was a free agent at the time, but he was kind of with Juvenile. So that's why you hear at the start of the track G Unit UTP because ah, okay. Young Buck was with UTP at the time, but it was Juvenile's label. But he ends up taking Young Buck because he thinks I'm going to do something with this guy, yeah. and he ends up putting out Young Buck's album that does four times platinum. Mate, and the rest is history. The thing is, there's some really interesting stuff about this because for me, I always talk about how like hip hop is like wrestling in the sense of like <laughs> everyone's a character. So yes. you've got like the top, the top elite level guys. It's interesting because Tony Yayo said rappers like wrestling, everything is fake. Yeah. yeah well there is an element of that as well it's like showmanship isn't it it's like yeah. they're still amazing athletes in wrestling yeah. you yeah. have to be to be able to do what they do yeah. but they're creating an illusion yes right and that, that's what hip hop is like you hear Jay Z talk about it he's been asked like on Letterman and all these shows like is what these people are talking about true or, you know are they talking about real things and he's yeah. like no he's like they're talking about stories they might pluck a little bit from here a little bit from there change a yeah. few names change a few details yeah um so are they talking literally? No, but they're yeah. creating a story in a world. And every rapper, in my opinion, should try to create a character. They should try to create a niche and to yeah. know what you're getting from them. And I kind of feel like, uh, yeah, hip-hop and wrestling in that sense are like really close. And I feel like when you get groups like G-Unit, it kind of feels like when DX yes. were like recruiting people. Yes, yes. That's what I, I think that's what I loved it. I think um, with wrestling and with rap as well, we were, you know, us as hip hop fans, we'll wear a Wu Tang t shirt yeah. or we'll wear a G Unit t shirt or whatever, G Tribe Called Quest, whatever, or we we'll wear a Death Row chain because 
or you wear a wrestling t-shirt NWO DX because you want to feel like you're part of something yeah you know totally. I'm part of DX I'm part of G-Unit because I'm wearing this t-shirt even football shirts yeah you, you, it's, it's about belonging. feeling part of something and then when you see groups appear and super groups appear it's brilliant it's brilliant entertainment and you're absolutely right it's a brilliant comparison rap and wrestling because they are very very similar good guys bad guys people like bits of both stories background stories you know hip hop websites back from then till now or even magazines Source and Double XL were full of stories not even about the music about right. everything else around 100%. it 100% and you think as well like exactly the same in wrestling you've got the top tier guys that are always going for the world titles mm. they're the most liked they're the most popular are they the technically the best yeah. not always Stone Cold Steve Austin yeah. isn't technically the best wrestler no. but he's the most like marketable and he's up there and charismatic yeah. and all the rest of it and then you've got like Rey Mysterio yeah, yeah. technical wrestler amazing is he going to be in that top tier no no He's like a Jadakiss. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is I find it really interesting and in that I found with G-Unit it was kind of kind of tapped into that like oh there's this crew and like they were getting little add-ons and little bolt-ons and stuff and I found that fascinating. And none more so than when the whole the game yes. entered the scene. Because yes. it was like it was all very mysterious because again the name first of all was the first thing that caught my attention. I was like that's a fucking cool name. The yeah. game. Because like, yeah. hip-hop is often referred to as the game. Like, yeah. Yeah. So when someone's calling themselves, like basically saying, like, "I am hip hop," mm. um, and he borrowed that name from a wrestler, from oh, Triple really? H. Oh, okay. And he ended up getting sued by Triple H because he had that trademarked. Oh shit. And hence why he's shortened to Gang. Oh shit. Yeah. So I heard him tell uh, a different story about that. It's a liar. <laughs> so he, I didn't realize this. Uh, if you go and play Madden, you know, like NFL, yeah. uh, NFL online. Yeah. The number one ranking in the entire world is the game. Right. That's him. Ah, uh, okay. So I remember when he first came out, him saying that the reason he got that name was because he was really good at everything. Yeah. So he was good at basketball. His friends called him. Like him. Mr. Perfect, the wrestler. Yeah. He was really good at everything. <laughs> yeah. And so they called him, oh, like, you're, the, you're the game, you're just great at everything. Yeah. And so that was where I heard that name come from. But the great thing about game when he came out was like we were just talking about just then, he had Tony Ayo, Lloyd Banks, 50 Cent did. He had Young Buck from the South, now I've got a West Coast guy, and I've got Dr. Dre as well. He's going to make Dr. Dre, give him Dr. Dre beats as well. And it, I, again, just like that, I was so excited for that album yeah. because we weren't going to get Detox, yeah. but we were going to get a West Coast album and we, it delivered. It really did. It was yeah. a massive album. It was huge, and, and I feel like exactly like you were saying earlier about endorsements from people. Like Fifty at that point was the biggest like rapper in the world, basically. Uh, and when he's going right, here's this new guy, and and also there was this mystique around game that was almost like you're you're kind of by proxy creating a, a West Coast version of yourself. Mm. And I always felt that 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 could cause drama in the future. Mm. And the fact that there was always this, oh, they're falling out, no, they're friends again, they're falling yeah. out, created yeah. this, like, kind of, in itself, like, this, like, echo story chamber line. and storyline, yeah, which yeah. I thought was really cool. Um, one question I need to know, though, is who is better, 50 Cent or the game? Um, I think 50 Cent, and we're gonna, I've covered this earlier on, mm. uh, 50 Cent's a better songwriter, yeah. but game's a much better rapper yeah. and has a much more consistent discography than yeah. 50 Cent. 50 Cent made, made Get Rich or Die Trying, which was a classic. He yeah. made The Massacre, which was good. Yeah. And then after that, he fell off a cliff. Yeah, it starts getting worse and worse. Yeah, I'd agree with that. G Game is, yeah, he's an excellent rapper. Yeah. Like, he is he is very good. Like, very simple. He doesn't do anything that's particularly complicated. He's not over-technical. Um, but yeah, he's got, he's got a great voice, which is half the battle. 
and he's and he's very uh, he's very charismatic in his uh, in his delivery. Yeah. And for me, I think when you combine artists like that with Dr. Dre, then you're always on to onto a winner. So yeah, no, for sure. The way they marketed Game was amazing. Yeah, because. They did the G, they had the G Unit radio mixtapes at that time. Yeah, and I think it was I'm going to guess I think he did G Unit Radio Nine, okay. and they had Steve O on it from from Jackass, <laughs> yeah. and he would do little skits here and there. Okay. And uh, but that mixtape was great. But you're right, there was he had a little bit of independence about him. Game. Yeah, he did the song on the Alchemist album. Yeah, uh, he did a song with uh, Prodigy. Yeah, um, that's a banger. Yeah, absolute banger with Alchemist. Uh, and he put that on his mixtape as well. Yeah. So he, he did things on his own. He did Certified Gangsters with Dipset, with Jim Jones. Fucking hell, man. He did Dipset. things on his own. So there was a little bit of independence about him, which Lloyd Banks and Tony Yeo and Young Buck didn't do. They stuck to, they did whatever, they were like loyal employees. Yeah. Whereas Game had a little bit of, little bit of, well, no, my own man about him. So yeah. that relationship was always going to break eventually. Well, that's the thing. I, I think, and that's a like, really, really good point. There's kind of like good company men. Yeah. And you saw that with Rockefeller, like Beans and Freeway. And they just stayed in their lane. And that Jigger was like, well, look, this is what's happening. You're yeah. doing what you're told. And there's a little bit of that with G-Unit. Yeah. Whereas Game was like, no, 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 I'm going to be, yeah. I am going to be an elite level MC. I'm going to be in that company. And even the stuff he's talking about on documentary, which um, you said off there, you want to come back and do that album, right? Absolutely. So we'll go into that in more detail. But he talks a lot that he wants to be in that company. He wants to be a legend. And um, yeah, man, I think it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting that their kind of relationship 50 in Game. Um, so I thought it'd be worth us talking about that. So get rich or die trying. Mm. What do you think now it's been... However many years, what do you think this like album's impact on hip hop has actually been? Because it, it was a landmark at the time, yeah. Uh, and you know, obviously, we're talking about it now, all these years on. So it's obviously done something. But but what would you say this album's impact on hip hop has been like? I'm starting to think perhaps it was the beginning of the end in a sense. Yeah. Where not the end of the culture. Hip hop never dies. Yeah. You know, despite what Nas's album title yeah, was called, yeah. hip hop never dies. It always exists. But. It was almost like that was the apex. That was the peak of its commercial value. Yeah. And then after that, it was only downwards. And that's not his fault. Yeah. Um, that's that's just um, that's just the way it went. It also because it was around the internet as well. I think it was the start of where the internet was coming much bigger. YouTube was a thing. We're now in the world of Instagram. There's no more fake shit anymore. It's all a, we're in the reality era now. Yeah. Anyone that's fake is gonna get found out. I remember. Do you remember when Ricky Ross got found out for being a correctional officer? I think yeah. it was Fifty Cent that, <laughs> that discovered it. It was just a. It was a. We're, we're in that era now, and I think Fifty Cent created that. We're in the reality era now. There's yeah. no, when there's no more time for people that are not being honest about what they are. Yeah, which is why I think hip hop has become uh, less authentic in that way. So like, a lot of modern hip hop or trap now, it, they don't pretend to be that because they know that they can't. So it is just very vacuous and very surface level. Mm. Um, and it's about a vibe and a feeling rather than storytelling. And, and those artists that have still maintained that, in my opinion, are the better artists, the likes of um, Kendrick, the yeah. likes of Cole, because they, they have that authenticity yeah. and they can talk about stuff with the skill level that's required. Yeah. You know, people like Freddie Gibbs that, that can do that. There are artists that, that are out now that, that can do that. Um, it's just that that used to be the standard. Yeah. And yeah. now it's changed. I think, I, think that's, I think that's a valid point. I, you know, there's a lot of modern hip-hop that I like. Um, 
Pivot Gang was a great album. Sabah, I love Sabah. Freddie Gibbs. There's a lot of good modern hip hop yeah. out there today. Um, but I think I think what you, what you say is is correct. I think there's not that depth of really good hip hop that there was. There's still yeah. a lot of great music out there. I'm sure. finding myself listening to more R and B these days. Um, but there's still a lot of good hip hop out there, but just not the depth that there was. Yeah, I think um, we've had pretty much every guest come on and said a very similar thing, which is that it's not better or worse; it's just different. It is, yeah. and and I totally agree with that. And I guess it's just for me, I, I kind of put myself now in the grumpy old man category, which is that <laughs> I just what I consider to be the golden era is what I prefer. So when it's not that, I'm like, oh, this is shit. It's like it's not shit. It's there's a lot of really good stuff out there. It's just it's just different. And I think that's a, an interesting a kind of dynamic in the sense yeah. of when I was a kid and I was playing stuff to my parents, they were like, what is this? Like absolute garbage, and that's the stuff that I consider to be like classic records right? and that's exactly the same now kids will be like oh this like Kendrick album's classic the day it comes out I'm like, yeah. it's just come out like, yeah. it's not classic it's got to be we're in an era where everyone wants to be first they don't want to be right Maybe. like Denzel Washington said I think it's really really true Maybe. but there is there is a lot of good rap out, rap out there Smith and Wesson doing bits Apollo yeah. Brown does bits with everybody yeah. he's always making an album with somebody uh, Blue oh sorry T-Pain start playing on my phone. Oh, uh, the thing is, what, what's good is if you're going to get a random shuffle yeah, play, yeah. T-Pain's probably not the one. T-Pain's latest album. I've got oh, a little wow. playlist, a little 2019 playlist, which I was just shuffling through um, while I was talking to you just to remind myself what's come out <laughs> this year. Um, but uh, yeah, T-Pain's new album is actually decent. Do you know what? T-Pain is one of those classic people where if you actually hear him sing without autotune, just sing... His voice is amazing. Yeah. The guy's like frighteningly talented. Yeah. He's just become like a, a victim of his own success with yeah. that particular thing everyone just associates it to. It. I think the way he, he you know, made his name was um, in love with a stripper. Yeah, I'm and sprung. I'm sprung. Which is a jam, by the way. They're both Jack, yeah. and he's fan super talented. He's he's, he's going to go down as a legend one day. But he was, I think, he was taking the piss out of himself, and because he did the auto tune as well, people sleep on him. Yeah, totally. they think he's not as talented as he is, and mm. I think, but the auto tune sounded great. Mate, yeah, and yeah. it was at that time it was kind of it was different. Yeah, it's just that now everyone does it, and it's become a sort of standard thing. We kind yeah. of look back on him as almost like I don't know, kind of culturally a laugh a little bit, and it's yeah. kind of like funny, but yeah. You know, Interesting. Yeah. These are the sort of tangents we go off on, you see. Fucking right, yeah. It's I love a done. tangent. Mate. Got to be done. Yeah. Um, okay, so just one last question, then we're going to get into the list of questions. For someone who's never heard this album, so we get a lot of people that are like, uh, like modern hip hop or they just like music podcasts. Okay. And they sort of contact us and say, like, I've never heard this album and now I'm going to listen to it. Right? Okay. So for people that have never heard this album, Get Richard Die Trying, why, why should they listen to it? Bangers. I, I, I think there's no other reason other than that. L like we were talking before, we were talking about G-Unit and I was talking about Tony Yayo. 50 Cent's not going to help you raise your kids. Yeah. He's not going to help you get out of bed in the morning when you're feeling low. But your man's got bangers. Yeah. Play it in order. That's why we have executive producers. Play it in the order they're supposed to be in. It's just bangers from yeah. start to finish. And yeah, if you, if you want a reason, that's the reason. Plus you're listening to a piece of history. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a piece of history. It is one of those albums, and again, it's something that um, I kind of feel that's changed completely, which is like, we live in a playlist era, and I, I'm really guilty of it, which is that I take the favourite songs from like hip-hop records that I like, and I put them in one massive playlist, so that's just nothing but bangers. But you're right, which is that 
there's so much craft and time gone into creating an album and, and the order that the songs are put in and, and everything, the way it's mixed, is, is designed to be listened to as one complete piece. And I want to try and get into that again. I've, I've been doing it more recently since I've been doing the pod because I've obviously had to focus on a particular album. Right? And it really has like reinvigorated my love for just listening to an album. Yeah. Like, it really has. And um, yeah, this album, you're absolutely right. If you listen to this, because this was the era when all you had was a CD, so you had no fucking choice, basically, mm-hmm. unless you were like burning shit onto mm-hmm. like mixtapes and mix CDs. But we used to just ride around with this on in the car, yeah. man. Yeah. And it was fucking blazing. I loved yeah. it. So yeah, good good shout. Just bangers. Straight bangers. Um, on that note, we, we add all the songs onto a playlist. Uh, Spotify playlist called The Notorious Podcast Joints. So all the tracks that we talk about, not just uh, from the album, but if we come across stuff that we yeah, talk about, random. we just add it in. So you've got like a nice it. kind of mix of eclectic hip-hop in there. So it's pretty good. You can go from uh, 50 Cent, like Wankster, into yeah. like Tribal Quest. So. Am I going to be able to get that on my iPod Classic? Mate, <laughs> do you know what, right? When we were prepping for this, like Cal just messaged me going, mate, i um, been rinsing the album all day and then screenshotted me a picture of his iPod. And I was like... You know when you do a double take? I was yeah. like, that can't be an iPod. Yeah. So I just messaged you back going, is that an iPod Classic? Yeah. And you're like, damn straight ears. It's yeah. like, fucking hell. Yeah. What's, the, what's the story behind that? Um, it's, it's, it's a few reasons, really. I don't, want to, I don't like change. Yeah. You know, I don't like change. Um, it's a couple of things. Phone battery. Yeah, fair. If you listen to music on your phone, you're going to batter your phone battery. Fair. If you listen to Spotify, you're going to batter your data. I've got tons of data now, but before I didn't have that, I would rinse the data. Yeah. So so that's kind of it. And I'm just, I'm always able to find the music I want online yeah. one way or another. I'm yeah. always able to find it <laughs> some way or another. Yeah. And so I'm just, I love the iPod. I've got a spare one. I've got a spare one in my drawer in case that one ever breaks and I've got a spare one. And if that one breaks, I'll go and buy another one. I'm just a dinosaur in that way. I will find the music I want. I want to listen. It's important to me to listen to albums in the order that they're, yeah. they're designed. Um, I like listening to albums. Um, I always sat, I always feel like a dinosaur when I say, have you heard such and such album to people? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, I work with a couple of the girls in the office and they're like 10 years younger than me. I need to shout them out, really. Um, <laughs> because when I, when I put the XXL magazines in front of them today... Um, they they popped the pair of them they both just went oh my god look at Chingy oh my god look at Lloyd Banks and they really it made it all worth it just their two little faces today and uh, yeah so it's just you know yeah I I feel like a dinosaur when I ask people if they've listened to albums because a lot of the time they haven't they've listened to this song that song which is cool I totally understand that I've got playlists on the iPod classic but you know it's I just like albums and I, I'm, I'm a dinosaur I'm not changing anytime soon do you know what though mate it's a, it's a good point that you make and when I, when I sort of thought about it afterwards I was like that's such a good way just to keep um, your music and your phone separate I often find myself like listening to music and then reading stuff on my phone so I'm actually not taking in either and so to keep it separate which is what music really is designed for is like an immersive experience take yourself away from that um, I think it's good I think we should try and make a campaign to bring iPods yeah. separate to your phone as yeah. a thing when they, they discontinued the iPod Classic, I think they yeah. still make the touch. Okay. Uh, and you can get like alternative MP3 players okay. out there. But I think, yeah, bring Apple need to bring them back. Yeah, fucking right. I want a free 20 gig one though. I want a massive Yeah, one. 160 is not enough. A G unit. Massive. Yeah. yeah. Size of a fucking brick. Yeah. That's what I want. Um, talking of iPods, I remember, uh, this is a random story, but just it just reminded me then when you said I've got like, a couple of different ones at home. Went on a last holiday once to Ibiza. It's the first time we've ever gone. And one of my mates, Charlie, just got married recently. Um, he he took a Bose dock. And at the time, they were like mega money. And it was yeah. massive. 
and uh, he was just playing We're Going to Ibiza by the Venga Boys on repeat like in the airport on the plane everywhere right and it was driving everyone mental and you know when something gets you so annoying that eventually your mind just goes and it's just funny right so we're on the plane we're just taking off and he's just blaring it out oh. on the plane right the air hostess comes over and goes right I'm going to like tell you once like turn that down or, or I'm going to take your iPod and he's like okay turns it down she turns around walks off goes straight back up obviously <laughs> right she then comes back true to her word snatches the iPod and like puts it in her top pocket without missing a fucking beat Charlie pulls another one out of his pocket, pops it in, presses play, Venger Boys on repeat. My dude. And I was like, this could be the greatest iPod, iPod moment of all time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so every time, because like, it's been obviously years since like, it's really crunned across my mind, but anytime anyone mentions an iPod, it's the first thing I think about, man. Yeah. Classic stuff. Right, we're going to have a very quick break, and then we're going to answer your questions, and then we are going to get the fuck out of here, son. Okay, so time for some listener questions. Uh, we've got quite a few this week, so thanks very much for getting in touch with us. Um, always just keep an eye on our socials if you want to um, reach out to us. Uh, Twitter, it's at NotoriousP underscore O underscore D. Instagram, it's at uh, the Notorious POD. Um, so yeah, just make sure you're following us and then you can kind of get involved in asking us questions. You can ask us questions about general hip-hop stuff. It doesn't have to be about the actual album we're talking about. Or you can just ask us, like, do we prefer to V or shave our balls? Like, whatever you want. It's up to you. Yeah, Your own decisions. Um, okay, so we've got some listener questions. First oh, one okay. is Back from... my belly button. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be done, isn't it? Mine's, I mean, mine covers my entire, entire body, so yeah. I don't really have much of a choice. Um, <laughs> just to live the hairy dream. Um, Cam, who is the host of the brilliant Crate 808, have you checked no, it out No, what's yet? that? Uh, basically, it's a, really, it's a really good concept. Cam was the guy who came on and did the Chronic album ah. with us. Crate 808 is basically like uh, Room 101 for hip-hop albums, Ooh. but instead of being bad, it's like, you've got to get them in. So they have three albums on, okay. three guests, and they, they argue the case for each album, Ooh. and only one makes it into great. Oh, that's good. It's great. And they've had some great guests on there. Killer Keller um, has been on. They've had um, Pav from From Beggars. So it's, mate, it's, it's great. If, if you like this podcast, you'll like that podcast, basically. It's great. Um, so Cam's asked us, who is the biggest wankster in hip-hop? Takashi 6ix9ine yeah <laughs> yeah. I, I literally just wrote that down and how weird is 50 in his relationship I find that fucking bizarre although he's, he very quickly distanced himself yeah. from him once he started snitching yeah once that Rico charge came down yeah. and man started snitching that Dro- was it dropping 50 cent was away from him as gone. quickly as possible I just found that whole thing really weird when he was like endorsing it because at the time I was like okay cool this is a perfect hate figure for everything that I dislike about modern hip hop mm. and I can just put it all on this little twat and then it's like 50's like yeah here I am this is my boyfriend Queens I'm like oh no it's why like, are you doing this that? 50 Cent was or is still is he's obs- he started the beef era and everything he's done in his life has revolved around beef yeah even now the the, the actor or is it Ratimi the guy that made the R&B album who's in power okay, he's yeah. got a little beef with him because he owes him some money there's this thing about him owning money yeah, when he was a boxing promoter he used to start beefs with other boxing promoters and it got a little bit tired in the end with 50 yeah. but he loves beef because it's controversy creates cash and he was always very good at creating controversy that's really true I think that's a really good point about 50 in general is that yeah controversy was his, was his like currency basically yeah 
and he was really smart with that like even with the like Money Mayweather stuff yeah there was that too like, yeah. that, that was hilarious though yeah. like, the stuff with the reading and that so I'm a Floyd Mayweather fanboy so I was on Floyd's side all, yeah, all yeah. day long I felt really bad for him you know not being able to read and stuff I think that's really sad but it was funny it Mate, was funny it, yeah. getting him to read Harry Potter oh. Cat in the Hat that was Cat in the Hat was savage that was but that's 50 Cent he, Mate, you know his exactly. Instagram is savage and He's brilliant at it, mate. He's brutal, at it. and, and that, I agree with you. Like that whole thing with like Mayweather, I was a bit like, "Fucking hell, man! He can't read like that." It's actually pretty dark. Like, you, yeah. but I think that's what makes like people enjoy Fifty is that he'll go there. Yeah, and that's why I think the whole kind of Eminem and Fifty thing worked perfectly because Eminem yes. was very similar mind in the sense yes. of like, "I don't care, fuck you are. I'm, yeah. go, I'm going for you, and you're going to fight you all. But none of you bother me." And that's why I think that there's that um, that kind of mutual respect between those two always, even now. And they, they those two were much closer than Eminem than Fifty and Dr. Dre. Yeah, he oh, was yeah. very much an Eminem guy. Yeah, um, but Eminem's a rapper's rap. Yeah, uh, he, he's called himself that in the past, and so. He they, then those two are really really tight. Whereas Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre is kind of a loner. You always get that vibe yeah, yeah, about yeah. him. He's a bit of a loner. He tends to be more comfortable with the Jimmy Iovine types yeah. than than guys that like Fifty yeah. Cent. He's more of a thinker, isn't he, Dre? Yeah, and I think yeah. that he would associate himself with more. Internet. Although he weren't complaining when Young Buck stabbed that guy at the Vibe Awards. <laughs> Do you yeah, remember that? Yeah, I, I remember hearing. He stabbed the, the him stories. with a fork. Someone tried to attack Dr. Dre when he was collecting the Lifetime Achievement Award, the, the Vibe Awards. And then yeah, he tried to attack him, and Young Buck got in there and stabbed him with a fork. I didn't know it was a fork. Yeah, it wasn't a knife. He stabbed him with a fork. They probably just had some salmon or something. Yeah, just tucking into it. Yeah, I'm gonna just fucking juke him up with a yeah. little. But again, fork. it goes back to that danger element we were talking about before. Yeah, of course, the thing is, it's interesting about like the Dre thing because I, I do feel like if there were sides drawn, and I, d- I doubt Dre would have been drawn into that, is like uh, the game was very much Dre's boy. Yeah, and Fifty and M were kind of like close, and yeah. I, and I think that. If there wasn't any real animosity there, that still put, like played out perfectly. Yeah. Because you never saw any friction between like Game and Eminem or yeah. Dre and Fifty. None of that ever happened. It was just the two sort of rappers going at it. Yeah. And it was a bit like like Paul Bearer was Dre, like an yeah. Undertaker. It was kind yeah. of like Paul Bearer was there with his own, like yeah. just concerned yeah. about him. It's a bit like Dre with his like mixing desk. Game was on record saying I'd never try Eminem. No, I, I think most. I mean, there's there's a clip that floats around every so often on the internet, which is like reams and reams of artists just going there's one rapper I'd never go for and it's Eminem the thing is about Eminem he can laugh at himself yeah and then you can't fuck with that guy because yeah. he'll laugh at himself and also he's he's one of them which is that you know it's, it's the kind of old adage which is like you've got to try twice as hard yeah. and like be tr- twice as good to, to kind of penetrate the system yeah. and that's like normally in a, a civilization that's like a majority white country yeah. and you, if you're a minority you've got to try twice as hard and yeah. twice as good right and if you think from a cultural perspective Eminem is, is the minority it's, so yeah. he's, he's had to be better than yeah. a lot of people just to get the same level yeah. as the entry level yeah. and um, once he got to the commercial level obviously being Caucasian helped him massively. because he could tap into a different market but you're right that climb to that point would have been much harder for him for, than a lot of other people because he's got to, he's got to win the streets over yeah. he's got to win them over but going back to Takashi and you know uh, yeah. that question I'm a mafia nerd yeah. I read Cosa Nostra books all the time so that's kind of thing when I saw that it was a Rico charge and that he was snitching on everybody I was like oh fuck you look at Sammy the Bull here yeah fucking Henry Hill over yeah, there. yeah yeah look at that yeah look fucking rat. snake rat rat um, okay Kino asks and this is more of a general hip hop question I think which rhyme or track do you wish that you'd written oh wow it's a good question right because oh, wow. you're asking you know for me that's kind of opened it up to like basically what are the greatest verses in hip hop 
That's that's how I read that question. And which one would you want to say I actually wrote that? Because wow. there was some great. I mean, immediately the first thing I thought of was like Raycon's verse on Cream. Okay, like I grew up on the crime side, the New York Times yeah, side, yeah, staying yeah, alive. Yeah. There's no joke. Like, because that is icon. That record's iconic. That verse is iconic. Yeah. And. But then I'm like, fucking hell, like any, anything off like uh, Illmatic or like Reasonable Doubt, like The Evils, first person The Evils is fucking amazing. Like there's so many, like so many. And the more you sit and think about it. Do you want to, part of me, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm thinking, what sold loads? Because I'm going to get paid so much money. So good, royalties. See that's the second part yeah, of the process. It's about royalties, but you want the craft as well. Yeah. Um, thinking what more can I say by Jay-Z yeah such a, so many hard verses on it Black Album's another great album that we do yeah that was like in my mind when yeah. we were discussing what album I would do I was like oh Black Album or, or, but yeah that was such a hard album perhaps what more can I say uh, that was big um, Ten Crack Commandments I've spoken about yeah. it earlier on it was so big maybe when I got the royalty we got decent royalties but it's it's just bangers. It's yeah. just bangers. Yeah, it's a that's a brilliant question. It's a really good question. Yeah. It's a really good question. But yeah, I think if you push me uh, from just like a, from a, a craft perspective, um, yeah, that that verse from Raekwon is is to me is like it's a perfect summary of New York hip hop, like in a very condensed way. And like Cream is just one of those records that like everybody knows it. Like yeah. Everyone knows it, even if they don't know what it is, they know it. Yeah. And that first verse is just like yeah, yeah. it's fucking thing beauty I absolutely oh, love it first song I listened to this morning was B by Common the intro so good I'd probably pick that possibly because it's such a love and the way the verse ends yeah. it's just yeah I just want to be yeah. yeah that that whole album yeah. so that album uh, Common is my favourite rapper which uh, yes. shocks a lot of people because yeah. I love like East Coast and all that uh, and like New York specifically kind of boom bap stuff and yeah. Common obviously like being from Chicago is a little yeah. bit different to that for me he's just like from a creativity point of view the producers that he's worked with yeah. uh, like he's worked with Preem he's worked with those New York producers and but he ate Drake's food mate he ate his food you're not wetting nobody you're Canada dry bam goodbye yeah goodbye thanks for coming He's, he teed up Pusha T yeah and then time. Pusha T buried him and that's the thing about Common is like he gets this tag as being like this conscious like, like he would yeah. be with Ice Cube yeah now yeah. you've got to be yeah. a fucking MC yeah. to go against Ice Cube because Ice Cube's one of the greatest of all time of course yeah and I'm not saying there was a winner in that beef because it settled very quickly yeah but if you're holding your own, you've done fucking amazing. And, he, and the bitch in you is a fucking great disciple. Yeah, yeah. He's so, not scared of anyone. Not scared of anyone. And um, yeah, Common Man is fucking amazing. I wouldn't mind actually thinking about this lyric question. Um, I used to love her. I mean, I've got that tattooed on my yes. arm, so I love that record. Um, that would be great as well. So yeah, good question, Kino. Um, Steve from the Fighting Cock 30% Telegram chat oh. has asked us, how much of a mistake was it when 50 tried to put himself up against Kanye when dropping their albums at the same time he un underestimated the cult following and it is a cult Kanye West yeah. fans are a crazy bunch um, he underestimated Kanye again his obsession with beef his yeah. obsession with controversy I think it was a mistake because he lost yeah and he said he was going to retire and he said he was going to retire <laughs> and obviously he didn't um, what album was that that, that wasn't for The Massacre was it because The Massacre did numbers it was Curse and it was a bad album yeah 
Yeah, it wasn't good. And and this is the thing. That had I get money on it though, didn't it? I get money. I, I get money. Yeah. That was and the good. remix with Puffy and Jay Z. Yeah, which which is okay. And it also had a track with Robin Thicke. I can't remember what it was. Called. Yes, that was alright. And it was on Robin Thicke's album too. Yeah, yeah, that was, it was alright. Good track. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that was going up against. Uh, Kanye graduation graduation which is you know Kanye had made back to back classics for a lot of people late registration never really resonated with me but a lot of people love late registration and that had that did have some banging singles on it yeah I like that graduation graduation they both ended up being not very good albums graduation and Curtis neither of them were very good but to answer the question yeah it was absolutely a mistake because he put his head on the chopping block and got his head chopped off. Yeah, he did a weird thing as well, which is that he tried to mesh two worlds in his obsession for beef, and they're just very different uh, crowds. You didn't need to. It wasn't like it wasn't him versus game, and then it would have been a right. There's, there's a line in the sand. That, that's just a weird comparison. It'd be yeah. like it'd be like I don't know if like uh, the Rolling Stones were releasing a new album. Be like oh, if they sell more than me, it's like but you're talking about two different crowds almost. So it's yeah. a bit of a weird thing to do. Um, Matt also from the 30% Telegram chat has asked us what's the most underrated track from Get Rich or Die Trying underrated is a really difficult question isn't it, it I'd probably say high all the time yeah I'd say probably high all the time is probably the most underrated or heat because you know heat is, is it wasn't on the clean version of the album yeah I was reading earlier so a lot of people that had the clean version wouldn't have heard heat but heat was gully yeah. if you were smart you'd be shook of me you know, um, you know, I'll run up in your mama crib and make your ass look for me. I was just like, oh, oh shit. it was just like, just gully, gully. Yeah, the th- the thing is, it's, it's so Heat weird. Or high all the time, I'd say. I would say those two are probably the most underrated tracks on the album. Yeah, fair. Well, we'll go with that. Um, right, it was Father's Day recently. Yeah. So someone asked us if you could have anyone in hip hop to be his dad, who would it be? <sighs> Do I get their looks? But then I want Common to be my dad. Yeah, that's I want his voice. I want to talk oh. like him for a day. Man, Imagine voice. the pum you would get if you had Common's voice for a day. Mate, even if, if you were just yeah, if you were Common for a day. I mean, the guy's done well with women. I mean, do you remember when we met at last at the social? We realised we was at the same Common concert. Mate, that was crazy. That was so mad. So we were just chatting and we were talking about like best live performances. I think, and I was saying our best gig I've ever been to for someone's performance was was Common at the Roundhouse in Camden. You're like fucking hell, I was at that gig. I think we both said Roundhouse at the same time. Yeah. Oh, I saw him at the Roundhouse. Friends. It's mad though, like stuff like that because me and me and Felonius Filth were at the same Nas gig probably 10 years before we ever met no. it was the gig where somebody shot the ceiling up after about oh. half an hour and everyone rushed out Watch that. oh shit yeah. thing is it's so weird because if you think about it there's probably people that listen to this pod that are London based hip hop fans and I've been to loads of gigs with them and we've never known each other never met and like now like we're sitting here doing this pod and we were at that gig we were at the same gig so weird I might have like let you go in front of me to go to yeah. the toilet I was, yeah go mate yeah. you might have brushed past me and I might have got a cunt yeah, who's this fucking twat? Big hairy I might have looked over and seen like the G-Unit chamber like, yeah. right, mate, I want one of them, fuck off. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's a, it's a good question. I'd probably go, uh, I'd just probably chase the money. I'd just be like, I'll just go for like Dre and then yes. I'll try and like resurrect my hip-hop career be like, oh, dad, like, I've got a couple rhymes. Mm. What do you think about these? You got any beats going? Mm. Let's, let's work something out, a little EP. Uh, my first, when I saw this question, and thank you for sending it to me a couple of days before I had some time to think about yeah. it, I'd straight away I thought KRS one. Yeah, it's the teacher. He taught me. He actually really did teach me so much. There was around that era of the beef one, two, and three DVDs. There was some other DVDs. There was the art of art of 
The Art of Rhyming, I think it was called. There was a couple of other DVDs like that. And he taught me so much about Mm. different things, even just things about, you know, history. Mm. He taught me about slavery and the dozens and because that's where hip hop started from, the dozens, you know, slaves and being sold in a in a set of in set of twelve dozens and they would do cusses at each other that we would call cusses. You know, your mama this and all stuff, oh you're so tall, you're so that and that turned into drive talk and that turned into rap. And I never knew that. That's amazing. And he and I want someone I wanna learn. I'm one of those people that always wants to learn things and so Harris one's going to teach me something every day. That is good. That is a good shout. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to go for um, yeah, invigorating your life, I think it's not bad to have someone that's more on the intellectual side of hip-hop. Yeah. Like like we said previously, you don't want to grow up with like Tony Ayo as your old man, like no. smashing mashed potato in your gob for dinner. Like, yeah. fucking eat that yeah. tomorrow if you don't finish it. But you know how to use a gun. That's true. And stuff like that. That's true. But I guess, like, if if he's my dad, but I still had my childhood, like, yeah. there wasn't much need for, like, gun clapping yeah. and steppingly. Like, yeah. It wasn't really much of a crime scene. It was more of a sort of suburban dream in a yeah, way. Yeah. So there is that. Um, well, that's it, mate. We're done. Wonderful. So thank you very much um, for, for coming in, mate. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for all the shout-outs for the podcast for the last few weeks. It's been great. Really ah, don't be silly, it. mate. It's, it's, um, it's really good. If people want to um, follow and want to start listening to the pod, where can they find you, mate? Uh, so my Twitter is uh, at BC the Grand Slam very much a wrestling um, wrestling name that I came <laughs> up with a long time ago that I used on all the forums and I'm just keeping it uh, the below the belt um, Twitter is at below the belt underscore um, so yeah that's our Twitter account um, our, our logo is the one with the little blue boxing glove because there's a couple of below the belts about and so ours yeah. is the one with the little blue boxing glove with BTB on it yeah and we'll, we'll put um, links out to um, below the belt on tweets about this episode so it's nice and clear for everyone so make sure you subscribe um, like we said right at the start of the episode it's very much uh, accessible to people that are kind of like myself kind of you know have a passing interest or if you're really into it and you know, you know exactly what you're talking about it'll resonate with you as well so make sure you do um, subscribe and follow the guys um, if you want to get involved like I said with any of the polls or questions or anything to do with this pod then you can find us on Twitter NotoriousP underscore O underscore D Instagram we're at the Notorious P-O-D if you want to follow me and just look at the shit weird shit that I'm up to then you can uh, at the real John Bass J-O-N-B-A-S-S uh, and that's it we're on Apple Podcasts we're everywhere leave if, reviews yeah if you want to leave us a review that'd give be us nice those nice five star reviews call us all the cunts in the world but just give us a nice five stars yeah I always feel like with the rate and review thing it's like why you know, what's the incentive for, for people to do it I'm always asking them to do it and then I think to myself maybe I should start bribing people and just be like look I'll send you a quid like if you do it because I was thinking maximum there'll be about like five or six people that do it the thing so, is all you want is the stars really yeah because that's what gets you up the charts you just want the stars give us a nice recipe for a beef casserole if you like yeah just stick the stars in it's a good point that is a good point so yeah feel free to um, to give us a nice rating and review uh, in all seriousness that does help us basically we appear higher up the charts and shit like that so people can discover us and just tell your mates let's go old school yeah man if you like hip hop and you've got a mate who likes hip hop just go you ever heard that notorious PRD yeah. if you've got a mate who likes boxing say I know the two girls at work are going to be listening to this today do you want to give them a shout yeah it's uh, Cerise and uh, Monique um, yeah they're, they're great they're both great and they both yeah listen to me talk about all sorts of nonsense <laughs> every single day I'm their manager but you know um, I'm probably my worst behaved out of everyone to be honest yeah. but they're, they're both great girls and my deputy Tamanda she's brilliant as well and uh, yeah they're such great fun and like I said bringing those magazines for those two today it really made my day it's it absolute really gold and we will definitely um, tweet the pictures out because I tried to make it as like hip hop as possible but we're recording today 
um, after work at my office. So we're actually in like a boardroom in like central London, which is like the most unhip hop place I know, I can think right. of. So we we tried to like proper ghetto it up with double XL and. Yeah, some M&M's and sweets. Star Mix yeah. even eat sweets I know I haven't touched them mate I feel bad we're just going to eat them all in one sitting yeah, now and yeah. be fucking mental fistfuls yeah um, just to let you know what's coming up as well we've got a couple of really nice episodes we've got a guy who used to work for Rock Nation <sighs> yeah and he's going to tell me all about get the, a snap back yeah mate I'm going to I'm going to tap him up some merch yeah proper. man um, but he's going to tell us all about the inner workings of that label he also um, dabbled in managed a couple of artists for them so I'm going to get some insight from him, which is going to be really interesting. Uh, and also, uh, DJ Ricky Ricks put together a little bit about... Um, have you heard about this fire at Universal? So apparently they lost loads of uh, old, original pressings of some classic albums. Really? And it's a big conspiracy and a hush-hush cover-up. So ah. DJ Ricky Ricks is going to tell us all about that. So I'm going to put together a pod which is going to be like the inner workings of kind of hip-hop record labels. Ah. So we'll do a little bonus on that. And then we are in discussions with Genesis Elijah um, okay. about him coming on. And Tony D is working on Kalashnikov for us. The sagas of Kalashnikov with Kalashnikov. Can that was when I was at my peak of going to, I don't know if you remember, Poland Street. Uh, it's right across the road from where HMV was in Oxford Circus. Yeah. There was Poland Street, there was Mr. Bongo's vinyl shop. Fucking hell, yeah. uh, And then you walked around the corner and there was Sister Ray, Mr. CD, and then I think it was called Dark and Cold. And guys like Skinny Man, Kalashnikov, SR all those they used to do freestyles in that shop so no. you'd go in there to like buy your echo tracksuit or whatever <laughs> and they'd just be filming a, they'd be filming a freestyle amazing and uh, yeah brilliant oh, that's going to be such a good episode can't wait yeah so fingers crossed Tom's going he's to he's working his magic I know it's going to come back and obviously if you'd like to come back maybe it'd be great is it true yeah absolutely I want to come back and do the documentary yeah. um, I'm sure I'll think of another one if it were to go for the hat trick ball um, is it true that Tony D said that Fabulous is one of his favourite rappers that kind of influenced him that he said he was like technically yeah so we we, um, we I wanted to get into like the kind of not necessarily like his personal favourites but who he thinks are like great artists yeah. and I'm, I'm sure Fabulous came up and I've heard that before because we, we did um, Black Star album yes and I was saying that Fabulous is one of the most overrated artists because okay. I just find that yeah technically and all the rest of it like he is great but I just find his voice and style quite repetitive but yeah, I mean, I, I could listen to Tony D talk about hip hop all fucking day. Oh my god, yes. The guy is like an oracle for hip hop and the culture. The RZA said that Breathe by Fabulous, he wish he made that beat. Really? Yes. Interesting. It was in an old Double XL magazine. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we will see you all for the next episode. Peace. This is Notorious POD. The name's John Bass on this MIC. I brought a couple man alongside of me. I got Gary Roy Smith in the place to boot. We got murder stats and guests galore You know we're talking real hip-hop folklore And we're gonna cover all the goddamn classics Notorious P.O.D. We're gonna smash it Peace